days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. Well, I think now being number one in the AP pool, we're going to have a big target on the Michigan State Spartans basketball team's back. And I think the past three or four games, we've been playing some lower tier teams. So blowing them out, going up on cupcakes, as they say. But now getting into Big Ten play, we're going to play, you know, the main, the meat of our schedule. So, you know, looking at teams like Maryland, Ohio State, Rutgers, they might not have the best records at the time, but they're going to give us, they're going to give Michigan State their all being, you know, the number one seed and they want to have add that to their resume. So, you know, we always talk about whenever we get asked this question, you know, we say, we say how we love Melissa in the sense that Melissa was somebody that we all knew for years prior. So, you know, it was hard having her leave, but once Leah came, I mean, it was amazing. It was a whole new vibe. And, you know, we're, we're trying to win a championship here, and we know Leah's going to get us there. And we knew how great of a coach she was, how great of a person, how she is. And we knew when she came here that, like, we're going to give her everything we have and we're going to, you know, take this team to a new level. I had a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen. He said that the entire city of Chicago right now believes that there is something more that this team needs to do still. The hunger is certainly there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. Shocking. I wouldn't say drafting Io DeSumo takes the Bulls to the next level by any means, but just the fact that he ended up in their lap in the second round, I think was a huge blessing for this franchise and that he's got the chance to develop and be a really important key role player for this team in the future. Uh, wife and kiddos, uh, my oldest is seven and another one's five, and so they're getting to be where they can – you know, kind of put their input or, you know, they, of what city they like. And my wife to be comfortable, too, with where we're going because she's part of this journey as well. And I am a free agent, and I, I haven't decided yet this uh, for this upcoming season. And, you know, it's a little bit, being in the offseason, it's a little bit nerve-wracking getting prepared and not having a team. But, <laughs> but it is what it is, you know. I'll just uh, keep enjoying the ride. As long as somebody wants me, I'll, I'll definitely be playing somewhere. It is about time. That big shakeup needs to happen. I agree with you there. Um, the only concern is when I hear that the Bears want to go out and get a football guy to run the team. I'm an optimist, so I absolutely believe that the game can rebound and evolve to a point to where new fans can join in and enjoy the game and help it grow its popularity back to being one of the most popular sports in the country. The biggest thing that has to happen that everyone has been talking about is that both the union and the owners have to work on these next couple of years, improving their relationship to the point that when talks for the next CBA come up, it doesn't get this dysfunctional to the point where a lockout has to happen. Hey, this is Nate Jones, Major League Baseball player. Hey, everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, and ISU Redbird alum. Hey, everybody, Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 64th episode of a sports podcast. It captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this evening on March 10th, 2022, welcoming listeners to the 64th episode of Will's fifth quarter special. 
I'm your host here for the special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk, where we have a historic moment in the game that's known as America's Historic Pastime, Major League Baseball. 99 days of the lockout are over, baseball fans. A lockout that began early in the winter period after the World Series is now over as earlier this afternoon, right around the 2 o'clock central time hour, Major League Baseball and the Players Union agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement ending a 99-day lockout of Major League Baseball. It was just ratified officially around the 5 o'clock hour central time, and we're going to be filling you in on some of the details. There's a lot of changes that will be coming up. So we have a guest coming on short notice. It's very exciting, guys. Baseball is back. It's a very exciting moment for baseball fans around the country, and especially Chicago White Sox fans and Chicago Cubs fans, because last year, White Sox fans, we were knocked out by the Astros, and during the lockout, fans are wondering what's going to happen. This team's in a contention window, and the Cubs, still not knowing what direction we're going to see them go in, we're wondering what's going to happen next, you know, where things are going to go, and now we know baseball is returned, and we're going to have some baseball games coming up, so... Spring training uh, will be taking place. Uh, players will be reporting Sunday, uh, according to recent reports, uh, courtesy of ESPN.com. We're going to give you dates on when the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs begin uh, their season uh, at opening day. Due to short notice, we will not be doing Wills for the Quarter trivia this evening, so be on the lookout for more future Wills for the Quarter trivia questions. I'm going to get into the interview portion of the show where I'm going to bring on our guest appearance. He's been on the show before. Nick Landy uh, is coming back on the Wilson Court Special once again. Uh, his last appearance was his debut uh, appearance on Wilson Court Special, uh, episode 61, covering the Chicago Bulls. So Nick's going to help me start uh, by covering what our thoughts are on the collective bargaining agreement and why it maybe took so long for it to happen. You know, We're going to give our view, each of our own viewpoints on it. We're going to fill you in on the details that will be um, impacting the future of ma- of baseball as a whole and, you know, like what we think of those changes, what changes might be along the way from that, you know, because once you make a change, it could impact other things that eventually change also. So we're going to talk about both the Cubs and the White Sox. We're going to start with the White Sox and maybe what other moves they can make as they did make a few moves before uh, the lockout began and the Cubs did as well. So we're going to talk about each of those teams and predict where certain players might go, what we might see, and what we just think about the excitement of baseball being back and will fans return uh, more. Because a lot of fans were very angry uh, with how long the lockout lasted and, you know, people that worked these stadiums. So we're going to talk about that. Here's my interview with Nick Landy. Nick Landy joining Will's Fifth Quarter Special, Episode 64. Nick, you're coming back already just after coming on episode 61. We had to get you for what is a historic topic in Major League Baseball history today. And we've done so many well-known episodes on this show, covered a lot of big topics. And this one will definitely be in those uh, books, the History of Will Score special episodes. So how does it feel to uh, be back on the show? Not only is it great to be back on the show, but I'm glad we're back. I'm back on the show, given the positive circumstances that have uh, come out today. Today is a very 
a special day, a day of relief for baseball fans um, around the country, across the country and around, around the world, around the world um, that are around the world and fans who love watching Major League Baseball, who I'm sure are very excited that not only are they going to get baseball back, but they're going to get the full 162-game season. Uh, I, I think, you know, yeah, disaster has been avoided for Major League Baseball, that they were able to find a way to get this done. A um, little later than I think we would have liked, but again, they are going to make up the games that have been postponed already, and that you got to give them credit for that. And you just have to be happy for not only ourselves, but fans across the country and around the world who I'm sure are ecstatic that they will get to see Major League Baseball this season. Yeah, baseball is back, Will's fifth quarter special fans. You heard my excitement as I opened the show before the interview portion. That smile has not left my face. I mean, the baseball fan kid inside of us is here. And Nick and I are both big baseball fans, like each and every one of you, Will's course special fans. You know me, but I know Nick way back. He and I are big baseball fans here. And, uh, yes, we are both White Sox fans, but we uh, do respect all teams, uh, even if it is the Cubs. Just joking, of course, Nick, for the fans there. But we got to start with 99 days ago. You know, it, it feels like a long time in the eyes of baseball fans right now. It feels like it's been a year or something or six months. That, long winter, basically. Yeah. Long I mean, winter. right after the World Series, Atlanta wins in a very historic fashion in, this, in the World Series, you know, after they lost Ronald Acuna. And then the baseball stuff is all locked out, you know, after a few weeks and a, or almost a month or so of move. You know, we saw frenzy. You know, uh, in Texas, uh, the White Sox did make a move. The Cubs did make a move as well. Cubs bring over Marcus Stroman to remind everybody. Everyone's going to be catching up on what happened before, of course. So, you know, White Sox getting Kendall Graveman on a three-year deal and uh, Marcus Stroman to the Cubs on a three-year deal. Larry back to the Sox as well. So we're going to start with giving our take. So, Nick, when you heard that you know, just through the process of what you viewed uh, throughout the lockout, what kind of surprised you um, up until the end? And, you know, what, what do you, th- what do you think about how it finally, you know, like maybe what prevented both sides from coming together that took this long? Like, what do you think from what you saw in your own viewpoint uh, made it take this long uh, for baseball to come back into form? Oh, simple. It's absolutely about the money. There's no doubt that the three letters that will define this lockout are CBT, the collective bargaining tax, and just seeing how long it took for both sides to narrow the gap and how the owners really were not budging, um, moving up their end of the offer. The players for the longest time kept knocking their offer down to try to get closer. The owners for the longest time were not budging. And then towards the end, they finally were getting close enough to where you could work out a compromise and get it done. But then at, at that time, then what we saw after that was that they're like, well, we're already in a lockout right now. So let's work on this other stuff. And you're seeing that the international draft was heavily debated. And you had some people being like, let's put it in now. And then others are like, no, you can't do it right now. You need time to put the infrastructure in place and all that. And then you're talking about also debating the rule changes, you know, what rule changes can you make to actually improve the quality of the game itself? And that uh, when you're adding in all that other stuff at the last second, when really the biggest issue was at hand was still just trying to narrow the gap on the money and the numbers 
that there was just a lot on their plate. And when you have two sides that clearly have shown through words spoken that they were not on the best of terms, uh, yes. that just it makes things a lot more difficult. And that's what I'm just really glad that even though I don't think both sides are on the greatest of terms now, they're at least able to put their differences aside to be like, look, we're close enough. We'll take this now. We want to play baseball because you see, you saw the executive council for the MLB Players Association. They voted against it, the offer. But when the player reps for the clubs got to vote, they voted majority for it because they clearly want to go back and play baseball. And then we see the owners all voted unanimously for it. So they're cool with it. They don't want to drag it out any longer. Both sides are ready to go play baseball. And I think it's just a big relief that we were able to get to this point when it easily could have dra- could have easily dragged out a lot longer than it did. Yeah, no, I, I think what came to mind for me through all of it is fans. You know, I mean, they use the old saying, put yourself in someone else's shoes to me. And I was, you know, I was talking to a few of my friends and my dad about this the other day. It, it just comes down to, you know, it seemed like both sides were like two little kids fighting over an ice cream sandwich or a toy, you know, at a young age where, you know, the parent or the teacher is trying to, in this case, we didn't have the mediator there, but it was, you know, something keeping both sides apart, you know, both one side wanted one thing, one side wanted the other. And that to me, it seems like why elongated things, you know, it seemed like both sides were very stubborn, you know, not willing to agree on something. And that's going to happen in everyday life, especially in the business side, you know, and I think that just really, to me struck as kind of hurting the authenticity of the game of baseball, because it's one of the most historic and well-known long running professional sports in American history is major league baseball. Why it's known as America's pastime. And I think that's still the case today, but it's all about the fans. You know, I mean, there's so many people post pandemic here that are going through so many things, you know, a lot of people that work at those, you know, stadium security, all these individuals, you know, team players that yeah, are getting paid, but about the minor league players, you know, they were possibly out of work, maybe afraid of losing a job that, you know, if they're young enough, they might have a family. So it's all about the fans, especially though, with, you know, just being able to enjoy the game, support their teams, you know, especially in the White Sox case, you know, we don't know the direction the Cubs are going in. We're going to get to what we think about each of those teams in a minute post lockout, Nick, but, you know, especially in those teams that are now in contention, you know, all those fans were like just enjoying it and getting ready. So it's well, definitely I mean, all man, about the fans, you know, I is, think that's well, the beauty of the game of baseball and, I'm happy it's back, but I think if both sides weren't as stubborn and childish, they could have been back and come to this a lot sooner. Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's not just necessarily about the fans. It is about the identity of the game itself. It is at the point where this game clearly needs to change and adapt with the times to try to keep more fans interested in it so it can stay relevant with the other professional sports leagues Uh, in the country and around the world, because as everyone is saying, there are many more options for entertainment out there. And if you people aren't willing to sit through a three hour baseball game, there are many things that they could do and just ignore completely. So this was about also change, getting the process of changing the identity of the game itself started to hopefully uh, us getting to, to hopefully, to hopefully, um, to hopefully, 
getting us to a point where the game can be definitely a lot more watchable and enjoyable and can bring in a lot more fair weather sports fans in instead of just it being a regional sport where it's really the diehard fans that are into it. But it's really uh, the fair weather fans that you really want to bring in to help the product su- succeed. Absolutely. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, seeing now the universal DH coming in and eventually we'll get to a pitch clock as well. I'm hoping these are the first steps that will be taken to us getting to a point where baseball will be looked at as a much more uh, fun sport to watch for all fans, both old and new. Yeah. So Nick's touching on it. We'll score special fans. I'm going to read the details courtesy of a writer. I enjoy there's so many great baseball writers, but this is courtesy of Jeff Passion of ESPN.com. So as Nick mentioned, they are adopting the designated hitter role in the national league. So there will be a universal DH with 300 free agents on the, you know, the radar possible trades. That's going to really help some of these players find new homes and, and jobs. Like we talked about, there's also going to be a 45-day window for the MLB to implement rule changes. Among them, as Nick mentioned, uh, for Will Score Special Fans, a pitch clock. There will be a ban on shifts, and larger bases will be coming in the 2023 season. Another interesting move will be draft pick inducements to discourage service time manipulation. Uh, that was a big issue in the days of Chris Bryant early on. Eagle Jimenez and so many young players um, when teams were rebuilding to try and keep them another year. Limiting the number of times a player can be optioned in the minor leagues during one season as well will be implemented. And uh, a draft lottery will be implemented with the intent of discouraging tanking. So, Nick, we're going to start with the White Sox. We're going to cover a little bit uh, here and just starting with the White Sox. They're coming out of the lockout. I mentioned it earlier on in the interview to fans. They uh, brought back Larry Garcia on a short three-year deal. Uh, They brought in Kendall Graveman, some other minor league players coming through. Um, you know, during the lockout because minor league players were still allowed to be signed um, by major league clubs throughout the lockout. All major league teams were able to do so. The White Sox are still in need of a right fielder. They went to the lockout, still needing to trade Craig Kimbrell. Uh, they could use a little bit of relief help. A lot of fans would love Ryan Tepera to come back. Uh, we need second base, right field, DH possibly, but it might be harder now at the universal DH based on the pricing. You know, what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you start on this. I'm going to start on this real quick, and then I'm going to get your take. I think the White Sox could really consider going for Chris Bryant. Uh, just to let Will's Court special fans know, I heard that uh, during the lockout towards the end, the White Sox were one of three teams. Interesting, Chris Bryant, that could still be the case. Nick Castellanos is available. Uh, if you want a lefty back, go ahead and get uh, Com- Michael Conforto's real interesting name, former New York Met. I like to pair a lot. I say bring him back. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different bullpen arms still out there. And I did hear some rumblings uh, about starting pitcher. They might make a trade with Oakland. We'll see. But I think Rick Kahn's got to get it going pretty soon because it's going to be really quick how these trades and free agency moves come out, especially with the shortened time frame. So I think he's going to have to be more aggressive than he ever has been um, as the White Sox general manager. So, Nick, what do you think about uh, what the White Sox need to do uh, with the lockout ending to – maybe go farther in the playoffs and what will still be a 162 game regular season season. Well, first off, and I should have said this earlier, I apologize if it looks like I keep uh, looking away from the webcam here because I do have MLB network on the TV in my living room because I am anxiously waiting for the first big move to be made as free agency is now underway. And you have to think with, with especially the fact that they really did not make any moves Before the lockout began, that the White Sox will be making a fair amount of moves in the coming days just to uh, 
get their team ready to make that push for the World Series. Now, with right field, uh, for me personally, I want Nick Castellanos over Michael Conforto. I don't have any problems with Conforto personally. It's actually funny. I remember watching him uh, with the 2015 Mets in the World Series when I was at ISU and thinking, you know, I could absolutely envision him being on the White Sox someday, you know, with uh, the fact that by the time the White Sox probably get good again, he'll be in the um, prime of his career and he could easily be a target uh, free agent acquisition. And sure enough, here we are now. Absolutely a good player above Castellanos. I'd rather take a little bit more pop from the bat, even though you might be sacrificing some defense as Conforto is a better defensive right fielder than Castellanos is. I'll still take the bat over that any time of the season. And that's why I want Castellanos, but I'm not going to complain if they get Conforto either. In fact, I'm, I'm prepared for them to get Conforto just because he'll be cheaper than Castellanos and you know, that's just the way it is. So expect Conforto to go to the White Sox over Castellanos, who I'm hearing could go to the Marlins since he's from South Florida and the Marlins are ready to try to make a push of their own, though. We'll see with Jeter leaving. I don't know. Um, I really, you know, Chris Bryant, I would really love to have Chris Bryant. I just think he'd be perfect for this ball club. But again, it's really an issue of the money. Again, we're talking about a franchise who was never given out a $100 million contract to anybody. And Chris Bryant is absolutely worth that. And then some. So I just don't see the White Sox um, making that big of a push to get a premier free agent like that. I'm hearing the Mariners of all teams could actually be a team to get him as they're looking to end a 20-plus year playoff drought. And he'd be a perfect acquisition for that young and upcoming team to help them out. So it'd be pretty cool to see him uh, with the Mariners and then yeah. you know second base there's you know definitely some options out there but I'm prepared for them to just have Leary start the season as second base and then see if there's maybe someone they could get at the trade deadline instead that would be like their main trade deadline acquisition but Interesting. obviously you know things could change there so we'll see and then pitching I want them to get to Paraback. I wish they could have locked him up before the lockout began um, but we'll see. And again, something you have to keep in mind as well. You have to anticipate they're going, they're going to trade Craig Kimbrell and you'd have to wonder who they will get back in return. They might get a second baseman in that deal, which would help. So there's a lot, definitely a lot of different pathways the White Sox could take out of this, but if they, yeah, if they can at least fill the right, the right field hole, because again, fried field, you're not only getting the glove, you're more importantly getting someone that's more than likely a, a solid power bat, which you would like in that lineup. So you want them to start the season with a new right fielder and you want to see if they can get another starting pitcher in there as well, maybe solidify the bullpen a little more. So yeah, I like that I a lot. Expect them to do uh, that, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, Nick, I like that a lot, man. Uh, I'm going to throw one name out uh, before we get into the Cubs real quick. Uh, as we mentioned, Nick Landy here joining us here on episode 64. Glad to have him here with us. Host Will Farrell here with you on the special edition. If you're just tuning in, go check out the beginning of the year if you've missed the first part. Uh, just rewind it. Check all the good stuff that we got going here. So, Nick, now we're going to get into the Cubs, but I want to throw out a name to White Sox fans that I think would be a really good trade. You can keep Vaughn. A lot of fans are worried about Vaughn going. Ketel Marte. I'm going to end it right there. Uh, that's a name to watch for second base. Uh, for the Chicago White Sox. That would be a really good move. Now, the Cubs, we don't know what direction they're going in, Nick. 
I mean, a lot of people thought after all those moves they had to make during the trade deadline, that fire sale, uh, you know, they were tanking pretty much by the record, almost the way it looked with the, that the way that team looked after all those like fan scary trades in Wrigleyville, it just sent shockwaves through Wrigleyville. And we don't know if they're in rebuild mode or if they're in contention mode. It's kind of like a limbo mode they're in right now. You know, they signed Marcus Stroman. So a lot of people wonder, okay, is that going to be part of them trying to sign players with the money they have free and then contend, or are they going to rebuild with him around and wait for young guys? What do you think the Cubs are going to do? Rebuild or uh, retool or contention? What do you think about the Cubs right now uh, after the lockout uh, ending? It's funny all the mixed signals we're getting. Again, you think with them trading all those core players from the World Series team, you think they were going to go into a long-term rebuild. But then all of a sudden you see them before the lockout getting a good pitcher like Marcus Stroman, who is definitely the kind of pitcher you want if you're looking to win now. And then you learn uh, earlier this week that the Ricketts family, who for the longest time we have heard that they're not willing to spend a lot of money that they have suffered greatly through the pandemic. We're learning that they're looking at trying to buy uh, the Chelsea football club in the premier league. One of the more, one of the most valuable sports franchises in the entire world. And they're looking to buy them. So clearly I don't think they're struggling financially. I think they absolutely have enough money to spend, to make the Cubs a contender. And I think you have to expect that they are going to make a push to get back into contention this year, especially with how wide open the NL Central is. I actually, you know, listening to John Morosi on MLB Network earlier, he actually uh, linked the Cubs to Carlos Correa, who's arguably the biggest free agent out there on the market this offseason. He was in the Cubs were linked to him before the lockout started, and it looks like that the connection is still there. He absolutely fits in with that ball club perfectly from both an offensive and a defensive perspective and uh again it's just a matter of signing a big enough check for him but i think the cubs have clearly shown that they have enough to uh um sign him and i think they definitely have to be considered as contenders to go get him and if you get him that should tell you all you need that they're ready to win right now yeah absolutely i'm gonna close one final question you know i think it's on the minds of all baseball fans yes we're all happy and excited but it's something I touched on about the, I, and you touched on it as well. You called it the identity of the game and I called it just the history of it. You know, both pretty much go hand in hand. The lockout's over, but it definitely will send a shockwave of the future of the game, even though it's back, you know, we're back into the honeymoon phase of the excitement of the game, spring training coming soon and the regular season, not far away. As we mentioned, we'll score special fans, April 7th, the white Sox will be on the road against the, rival Kansas City Royals at Kauffman Stadium and the Chicago Cubs will be hosting the Milwaukee Brewers at Wrigley Field. So given that, you know, just the history of the game, Nick, do you feel like it can continue in a positive direction or do you feel that there are still some things that could impact the future of America's famous pastime? I'm an optimist, so I absolutely believe that the game can rebound and evolve to a point to where new fans can join in and enjoy the game and help it grow its popularity back to being one of the most popular sports in the country. Uh, The biggest thing that has to happen that everyone has been talking about is that both the union 
and the owners have to work on these next couple of years, improving their relationship to the point that when talks for the next CBA come up, it doesn't get this dysfunctional to the point where a lockout has to happen. They have to be able to continue a dialogue moving forward to being able to implement these new changes that will help speed up the game, increase uh, offensive production, get more runs scored, less strikeouts, and make it more enjoyable for the fans to watch. I think that is absolutely possible. And I think both the owners and the players know what is at stake and they do want to try to help the better uh, the betterment of the game for the long run. And I have to give them a chance to do that. Um, and I, you know, again, I do uh, remain hopeful. Obviously I'm getting at the age to where, you know, uh, I'm, you know, would love to at some point, you know, start a family and I would like to introduce my kids to baseball and I want them to have a game that they can actually genuinely enjoy. And then they want to go play it themselves. They want to go to the games themselves. And I want to share that with them. Like my dad shared it with me when he uh, showed me the game of baseball when I was a kid. And I want to do that with my kids. Um, yeah. I know how you feel, um, man. I know my, I, we pretty much grew up the same way. It feels like, man, my dad inspired my love of sports and a lot of Will sports fans, Will Sikora special fans don't know this. So I'm going to say that just right now since you brought it up. Uh, I was inspired to go into this career path of sports broadcasting. I'm still continuing to embark on working toward. And the reason I started this show and the reason all Will Sikora special fans, you're hearing me interviewing Nick Landy on episode 64 right here and right now is because of my father taking me to a White Sox game at a very young age inspiring my his love of sports into my love of sports that will go until uh, I leave the surf. So baseball is definitely a beautiful game in that way. I can't wait to do that someday as well. And Nick, just, it's a pleasure to talk baseball again. You know, I think that's why I hope everyone enjoys the episode 64 here is just, you know, remember what it was like watching the games as kids and to realize that that those days are returning again. You know, there's still that kid in us that, enjoys going to the ballpark or watching the game at home and, you know, cheering on our favorite teams. And now we can luckily enjoy that that is officially back. So Nick Landy, thank you for joining us once again on Will's score special. We hope to have you on again soon. Well, thank you very much for having me. I had a great time here. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to opening day. I can't wait for it for uh, when it finally arrives and hopefully we'll have a, hopefully we'll have a great season. Host Will Farlow back here with you on episode 64, our emergency Major League Baseball Lockout Ends edition of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Nick Landy, pleasure to have him join us once again on the show. Did a real great job uh, helping me to talk about an exciting and historic moment in the game of Major League Baseball's storied history. Baseball's back. The second lockout since 1994 was luckily shorter than that one was back in the day. That was the whole season. We're going to have 162 games, folks. That's right. All 162 games are going to be played. So the nice part is spring training, you know, will be starting soon. But opening day is going to be April 7th. Originally, it was going to be March 31st. So that's not very far off. So that's going to be easy to make up those games. You know, uh, you know, rain, they'll put them in like they would rainouts. So just talking about. You know, the changes with Nick there. I think Universal DH was bound to happen anyways. I think that's really interesting. The one that's really unique that we talked about was 
of the international draft. That won't happen until 2024, but they're still going to be working on that in July. Uh, I think free agency is going to be nuts in the next few days, next week or so. Um, we don't know how that's going to pan out or trades, but I think the White Sox are going to be making some more moves. You know, we knew Rick Hahn was going to be aggressive before the lockout hit, and little did we know when the lockout was going to begin, how long it was going to last. So that's going to lead to some unexpected things for all teams. You know, we don't know for sure where the direction the Cubs are going in. I know we gave our viewpoints on it, but uh, we we still don't know for sure what's going to happen. So I think it's just enjoying the moment today is what it's all about. You know, March Madness is coming up, but we have baseball back. You know, it's very special for people right now. Uh, there's a lot of people going through certain things in their lives, and, you know, they look forward to baseball. You know, baseball is all about the fans. You know, it's the beauty of the game, and that's why I fell in love with baseball as a fan as a, at a young age, like so many of us did. It, baseball is back. Will Score Special Events is a very exciting moment. Uh, I, as your hosting creator and owner of Will Score Special, excited to talk about this historic moment in Major League Baseball with each and every one of you right here on episode 64. Now we're getting into the ending segment of the show everyone enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook profile and Twitter page, both at William D. Farlow, and post their own sports movie moment favorite to have a chance to have it read on future Will's Fifth Quarter Special episodes. I'm going to go with Moneyball a little bit here, uh, surprisingly. I think it's a really good baseball movie. You know, it talks about the business side. I'm going to pick a scene that a lot... This is not a movie moment I expected to use, Will Score Special fans, but I think Moneyball fits the current situation in Major League Baseball that just went through, you know, through the fan side, the uh, Players Association side, and the side of the owners as well, and Rob Manfred. It's the business side. You know, the players have said it before when they get contracts. Uh, you know, baseball is more of a business than it used to be. And it's a scene in Moneyball where Billy Bean is in the office with Peter Brandt. You know, somebody he brought over from the Cleveland Indians. He was a like an assistant in Cleveland, and he Billy saw what he can do with baseball. You know, he could change the game, and he wanted to bring Peter. He brought Peter over to um, help him do that in Oakland, and the rest is history, uh, according to the movie. That's based on a true story. So it's the scene where they're in Billy's office, and he's talking about how they cut players. You know, and how they handle uh, how he handles free agent moves and trades and such. Just the way he does it, it's very strict, you know, he, because Billy Bean was a player. So, he, you know, he goes through, uh, like, he mocks it out with Pete. You know, he has Pete uh, pretend to be the guy that's firing Billy, and Billy pretends to be the player that's getting fired. And, you know, he's like, oh, you just got to be straight with him. Pete, I got to let you go. So-and-so will have the details. We wish you the best. So, that shows a lot, I think, in real life of what has been going on with baseball and the business side a little bit. It compares in some way and relates together because of how it went. You know, like the negotiations were such and such back and forth, and it just seems like on the owner's side, you know, the players just at the end of the day take what they can get. You know, both sides still might have some disagreements. You know, like they did table the international draft to – to be decided and set and figured out in uh, July 25th, I believe it was reported, on ESPN.com. I think this really compares well to that, though, because, you know, like I said, Moneyball showed a lot of the business side of baseball that a lot of fans haven't seen before. Like, even though it's a true story, it shows a lot of the ins and outs. 
and it really relates well to what baseball just went through during this lockout and what we're going to be seeing here moving forward. There's going to be a lot of different things coming around that um, will be maybe some aftermath, hopefully positive and not negative anymore, of uh, the lockout that just took place for 99 days in Major League Baseball between the players and the owners. So if you haven't seen Moneyball, I think that's a really good sports movie to check out right now since baseball's coming back. Get get excited. We'll, of course, best fans, watch some baseball movies, maybe watch some baseball highlights or hype videos. Get excited. Baseball is back. So Moneyball, check it out. It's also a book based on a true story. I recommend it. So that is my Will's sports movie moment favorite. That is all the time we have in episode 64 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time as we will continue to cover March Madness as it begins after Sunday's selection show. And I'll be sharing my bracket with each and every one of you by live streams and blog posts as well. So be on the lookout for all March Madness content right here at Will's Fifth Quarter special. We'll continue to cover the Chicago Bears offseason as free agency begins on March 14th and the upcoming draft coverage as it unfolds as well. We'll cover all things Chicago White Sox and Chicago Cubs now as baseball is back. Free agency will be rampant and spring training will be beginning quite soon. So we'll be covering things all the way up to next month's opening day. We'll continue to cover all things Illinois State University athletics with the Redbird Sports Update. And we'll cover all things Chicago Sky as that stuff continues to unfold. And the Chicago Bulls in the regular season and their hunt for good chances and fortune in the upcoming NBA playoffs. I want to thank our guest appearance, Nick Blandy, for coming on the show a second time. Nick, we appreciate your time. Really great episode. Big topics to talk about at a historic level. So we appreciate you coming on, and we hope to have you on again soon. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, you turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farr, along with our guest appearance, Nick Landy, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.